Good morning, New Song family. I am glad to be with you today for Church at Home. What a summer we have had, right? Uh, I love the weather. We are having some great weather. We are finally to July. And I would have to say, I do not want to experience another March, April, May, or June like what we have seen, and I'm sure you don't either. But um, because I like to encourage, I want you to know <clears throat> that God will use these times to bring restoring results. He will use these times, bring redeeming rewards for your terrible times that you've had and for your um, dire disappointments. Uh, I want to remind you that he who began <clears throat> a good work in you will be faithful. That is what he does. <clears throat> the allergies are <coughs> a little bit um, strong today that uh, I found that I have been diagnosed with. So excuse me for having a scratchy throat. But in a world around us where it's hard to count on anything, God is there for us. And God is in the business of building his people that's what he does and he will use the situations around us i want to state the obvious for a moment and that not to be a downer but just to uh, make a point and that is this that covid has been devastating to our country's um, livelihood and to its composure i know that what's more it not only has it been scary and unpredictable it has uh been used to divide people even when we need to be united it is divided and if we could all be on the same page we could at least uh, work together a little bit better but um, no one knows what to believe these days um, some listen to CDC some listen to CNN some listen to CBS <coughs> and others have just lost faith in everything and if quarantine and COVID were not enough um, the death of George, George Floyd um, brought light on the truth that racism is still rampant in our country. And um, it's just enough to make your head spin, isn't it? And I heard a preacher a couple of weeks ago say something that I happened to agree with. And I was wondering what you thought of that. And, that and, and it is this, that he has the sense that in all of this mess that is going on, that the devil is laughing, celebrating and loving what is happening. I believe that's true. I'm sure you do too, because one of his greatest missions is to divide people. He divides families, relationships, marriages, countries, races. That's what he likes to do. That's his goal to bring disunity. And I got a feeling he's got a sinister grin on his face and an evil laughter in his heart. He loves to create opposition. I believe the church is strong in some ways, but is also presently weak. We are weak and effective Christians when we aren't unified, when we squabble, when we backbite, when we judge, when we throw rocks. We allow smaller issues to distract us from our primary mission. 
which is to help them all see Jesus in us. We shouldn't be surprised. Uh, Satan has been distracting people for hundreds of years. He's created schisms in the church, denominations, church splits, arguments over all kinds of things, you name it. All to, so that we aren't effective as we can be when we are united. Um, it, is, it was the same in Bible times and that is why Paul uh, had a prayer that I want to share with you and also Jesus had a prayer right before he uh, was crucified that he thought was important to pray over his people because he knew that division would happen and it says uh, Paul's prayer was this in 1 Corinthians 1 now I plead with you verse 10 brethren by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ that you speak the same thing that there be no divisions among you, but that you may be perfectly joined together in the same mind and in the same judgment. When we are in unity, miracles happen. When we are in unity, the Holy Spirit's power is revealed. You see it all through history as well, even modern day history. 114 years ago at Azusa Street, there was an African-American man named William Seymour. He uh, only had one eye that he could see in and he began to pray at his home in the midst of divisions, in the midst of racism, in the midst of uh, people disagreeing on all kinds of uh, issues. He invited people to his home and as he invited them, the Holy Spirit began to move because there was unity. And this follower of Jesus was obedient and in, right in the middle of the projects in Los Angeles to whomever would come and pray with him. And the rest is history because revival broke out that day, lasted for 10 years. And re the result is um, much of what you see of the Pentecostal church around the United States. Jesus knows how important unity is as well. This was Jesus's prayer. Paul's prayer was in 1 Corinthians. This is Jesus' prayer in John 17. He says that we may all be one as the Father and Jesus are one. Why? So the world may believe that the Father sent Jesus. The whole reason that the world, the whole reason for unity, that the world will believe in Jesus because of the unity of his believers. Let me pause right here and uh, come to the present. And let's evaluate what Paul prayed. Let's evaluate what Jesus prayed. And I would ask you, are we agreeing with one another like Paul prayed in what we say with no divisions among us, united in mind and thought? I think I would truly have to say, mm, hardly are we fulfilling that prayer to its fullest extent. We could do much better. And I'm gonna ask you to do something a little weird, but could you um, find a rock? Go outside right now, we're gonna take a break for a moment. Um, find a rock and bring it back in. <clears throat> and I'll ask, ask you to pick it up later on. Uh, see you back in a minute. Read what it does. 
So I asked you the question before the break, um, are we fulfilling what Paul prayed? I want to also ask you, are we fulfilling what Jesus prayed? Uh, are we like, like he prayed one in unity, one heart and mind, so the world might believe in Jesus? And I would say that, yes, we are family um, at times. And yes, we have some fun and love Jesus. But we can do a lot better at loving each other and living out family. One in unity as Jesus and the Father are one. This is a pretty tall order, right? Um, but it's our place to fulfill that tall order. Why? So that we may have big churches. No, so that we may have more ministries to cater to our every need. No, not that that is wrong, but so that we can have nicer buildings. No, not none of that is wrong, but we are, we are to be in perfect unity. We are to love each other and live out family so that they will know and see Jesus. But we fail at this, don't we? Even sometimes no, we don't even know each other's names where each other works, lives, what's, what they love to do for fun, what we are passionate about. Do we really love and have unity like Jesus describes? I think we could all do a better job. I would say we are much more like the people in the church Jesus confronted daily than the prayer of what he sees us to be. Like the, name, like the time he was preaching love and forgiveness. And out of nowhere, one of the church committees comes in to the temple brings in this poor lady who they probably set up to catch her in the act of adultery they think uh, they're doing a great thing and I can imagine uh, by exposing her sin right in front of everyone they say um, see Jesus see see what we have found we are gonna expose the truth about her we're gonna we're gonna blow the whistle on her sin now, now let's throw rocks at her because she deserves uh, to be stoned for what she did. Oh, we'd never be that way. That's a bit extreme to compare us with these, these people in John chapter 8. I want to do, introduce a series today called Throwing Rocks. And I want to preach a short message today called His face is towards you. Would you pray with me? Lord, we thank you for this day. We pray that you would anoint this time that we are together. Lord, I pray that you would help me to uh, convey what, what you have uh, put on my heart to say today in Jesus' name. Um, I encourage you to open your ears, open your eyes, and don't let anything distract you. If your kids want to uh, watch church and they don't like listening to me, the same uh, website that where our church is found on the newsongcs.com slash livestream also has all kinds of kids and youth um, Sunday services that are updated every week. So I want to ask you a question. Have you ever sinned? a tough one isn't it of course have you ever ranked your sin against somebody else have you ever thought of yourself more righteous than someone else of course we have sometimes without even realizing it we do this I remember walking through a prison uh, to the death row visitation sector uh, as a youth pastor I was walking to talk to a mild mannered 
15-year-old boy who had been very faithful to uh, youth group the last two years, but in a fit of rage, he had uh, killed a man and his son with a hockey stick in the middle of the night when he broke into their house looking for money. And in that moment, as I was in the prison getting ready to talk to him, I thought besides sadness and hurt for this boy, I thought, I'm glad I'm not in here. I, this is a terrible place. Um, I'm glad I'm not one of these folks. Now, sure, I know that some sin has um, greater consequences than others, but all the consequences aside, I want to ask you a question. Aren't we all on a walk down the hallway to death row before Jesus intersected our lives? That's what we all seem to forget at times, don't we? Christ unites us by giving us all a clean slate. That's enough right there. Uh, the fact alone that we are all forgiven, that we should share love that goes far beyond issues, opinions, backgrounds, and worldviews. That we are all in the same boat forgiven by Jesus. But then we forget we forget about the grace God gave us, Jesus gave us, and we might pick up a rock and um, we throw it. We throw it at people we want to talk down to. We take it upon ourselves to judge, to criticize, to point out uh, where, where we're right and someone else is wrong. And if it's not enough to look down on non-believers who haven't got a chance to meet Jesus through an, authentic, through an authentic love from someone like us, we bring it into the church as well. And we judge and we put each other down. And uh, we put each other under a self-righteous microscope. No, not purposefully or intentionally. We may even call it subconsciously or unconsciously, but it's really not much different than these folks bringing the lady into the church in John chapter 8. Throwing rocks is throwing rocks. It says in the text that Jesus bent down in the sand and when, the when they brought the lady to him and he wrote something in the dirt and they all watched. And we will talk in the weeks to come about what he might have wrote. But whatever it was, it caused all of the men who were holding their rocks to drop them and walk away. Now we could make a lot of um, applications and we could make a real easy application here and then go home. But there is more. But one obvious application we all need to make right here is that we need to drop our rocks throw them down that one thing is true we have pride we have rocks of pride we have rocks of indifference we have rocks that hold that we hold because of a lack of empathy and understanding maybe we hold rocks we like to throw in self-defense or revenge or frustration. Maybe we hold rocks we never really even intended to throw, but we have them ready. 
just in case because we are afraid to maybe because we are afraid to get close to others and the rocks keep us from hearing the Holy Spirit the rocks keep us from drawing us to each other to drawing us into relationships that are different than we normally would have because we are afraid to extend generously what Jesus has extended to us it really doesn't matter why we hold our rocks those guys that morning in the temple could have had all kinds of seemingly justified reasons for stoning this woman we might talk about these at a, at a later date but the bottom line is this when we pick up and hold rocks with any intention we are denying that we have mis made mistakes ourselves that are worth criticizing. Can I ask everyone to pick up the rock that I instructed you to go find and grab it at this time and we're going to hold it together. This puts us all in the same boat because if we'd all admit it, we all carry a rock or two. Pick up that rock and look at it. Maybe uh, we don't ever actually intend to throw it, but it's our, it's our pet rock. It somehow makes us feel safe. Maybe we have it to build a wall so people can't know us, can't get in to see who we really are. Maybe we have it from pain we have seen others go through. Maybe we hold it for a rainy day when the storms are too much and then we need to get rid of it. We need to throw it. If that is the case, because the storms that we are facing right now are still raging, we might react instead of respond and find that we throw a rock in a moment of weakness. You know, that's exactly what the devil would hope that we would do. And none of us want to do that. None of us want, want to or would even mean to throw a rock. Maybe we carry a pouch of pebbles, almost too tiny to bring any harm, but big enough to throw them to change people, to get their attention. You know, Jesus never did things that way. Jesus never uh, had these kind of uh, intentions or certainly not actions. Why? Because Jesus saw people. Jesus looked on people. Jesus looked into their faces. You'll find that in these days that we've lived, that if you ever talk with someone and look in their face, uh, even if you're talking about sad things or negative things, that you find hope in one another. There's something about looking in each other's faces. He took the time to look, to understand. Something we've been able to uh, unable to do in this quarantine. We can't even look at each other even if we've wanted to. But even in other seasons, we are not great at taking the time to look in each other's faces and bring value. Even with our own families, when was the last time you truly saw one another? Jesus says this, I see you. I see you. You can almost hear Jesus say, echo to the girl when he reaches down and uh, picks her up or raises her up. He, you can almost 
hear him say to the girl the blessing that his father had pronounced over all of his people back in number six in in Moses time um, the blessing that may his face shine upon you to this woman may his face turn towards you and be gracious to you Jesus sees her for who he made her to be he sees her for her strengths not her weaknesses he even sees her in her shortcomings and he's still able to look upon her he declares through action what he has said all through the last three years in his sermons and that was for those who love God with their whole heart and love one another the same let me tell you I will be for you I am for you I am for you not against you I am for you repeating it until she believed it I think God would say that over his people today that um, maybe the reason that you don't extend the grace is because you haven't received his grace you haven't received the fact that he's looking upon you and he smiles and he says I am for you not against you please Pass this on to others. Pass on the same mindset, the same frame of mind. And if I am for you, who can be against you? I believe Jesus said that as well. I came down to this earth. I came down to this earth as a baby to be your rescuer. And then as we know, Jesus would later ultimately show his love for us when he was raised up on the cross and died for our sins it says interesting enough in this passage and uh, with the girl that Jesus came down verse 6 he came down into the dirt and wrote and then it says in verse it's almost like um, he it's symbolically coming down back into the mire into the unrest he comes down into a world of disease and a world of disunity let me tell you I promise Jesus is coming down into our midst and then in in verse 10 it says after he came down to the woman he straightened up he straightened up he looked at the crowd who had actually one by one disappeared and he looks to the lady almost saying because of what I did on the cross he asks her has or what he's going to do on the cross he has us has anyone condemned you and the lady says back to him sir no one has and then Jesus says to her neither do I condemn you go now and leave your life of sin he came down and then he straightened up and I wouldn't doubt that he also proclaimed over her something that came to be known as the priestly blessing back from number six that had been repeated over time by God's people this blessing the Lord bless you and keep you the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you the Lord turn his face towards you not away from you and may he give you peace 
the same blessing that I seem to hear literally all over our nation right now who needs healing, who needs love. The blessing, the Lord bless you, cause His face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. Can we all do something right now symbolically? Knowing it's bigger than a symbol and it requires some definite heart spiritual heart surgery. But can we all count on a count to three? And when we get to three, can we just drop our rocks that we hold in our hands? Now, if you're in your home and your rock is big, I don't want you to break your floor, but do it in such a way uh, that we do it together symbolically saying, we are dropping our rocks. One, two, three. As we take a few weeks and examine how we can do better at grace and truth, let us all drop our rocks that highlight our shortcomings and also the shortcomings we see in others. And let us not walk, not stroll, but let us run towards unity. That's what we all want. We all want love. We all want to be accepted. We all want to be unified so that we can be a strong church, right? So that we can be a force to be reckoned with, so that we can show the enemy a lesson. Let us be unified. Let us not give in to the enemy's tactics. Would you pray with me? And I'm going to pray uh, a prophecy that Amos had uh, spoken uh, through uh, what God had said to him and let it be true of us. Lord, we don't want to just be a religious meeting as was prophesied to the people. You can't stand our religious meetings. You want justice. Lord, let us, let us bring justice, oceans of it. Let us see fairness, rivers of it. Let us see heartfelt worship. Let us see genuine relationships and fellowship. That's, that's all you want, you said. That's all you want. Let us do that. Let us um, stay in tune with you and not get distracted from showing that. In Jesus' name. Now, as we close today, it says in the text in John 8 that men walked away one by one. That was very nice that they did this, um, but they should have done a little bit more. What they should have done is, as Jesus wrote in the dirt, they shouldn't have just dropped the rocks and walked away. They probably should have come over to the lady, to the girl, and reconciled themselves to her. The word reconcile simply means um, to um, make things right, to restore relationship, to bring unity. And as we close today, I charge you with the ministry of reconciliation, the same ministry that Jesus charged us to uh, be about, that we would bring unity in areas around us we see that are divided. That's our mission, so that others may see us, no, see our church, no, see Jesus. It's not a, it's not a uh, one and done. It's not a one thing. It's a bunch of things, I know. But let's start with one. Start with you. Start with me. Start with ourselves. Draw a circle and fix what's inside it. And we will slowly 
make a difference and share the love of Jesus in our world. God bless you.